Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, live from Radio Row in Las Vegas, Nevada, <laughs> Mr. Shane Burgard. How are you, sir? I am doing well, buddy. I am doing well. Just glad to be here tonight, sir. Yeah, hearing all those slot machines in the back, all the women all over you. It's good to see, man. I, I love <laughs> I love Vegas, Shane. Yeah, that's right. I got to make time for you, though, man. I got to make time. Gotta put yeah, exactly. <laughs> me and the eight to 12 hours of stuff that you watched over the week that we'll get to. So, yes, this man is an animal for anybody who didn't already Priorities. know. <laughs> exactly. But just as Shane's usual schedule is, this show is also action-packed because we have new releases to talk about in the action genre. We have new movies, new TV, and we're going to talk about the top five most anticipated action films of 2024. Probably add on some honorable mentions because we're terrible people, uh, just to keep this train rolling even longer. But sad news up top, Shane. Uh, and I know oh, this one's boy. near dear to you as much as it is to me. We had to say goodbye to Carl Weathers uh, this week. And I know he uh, he is one of those people that, you know, obviously. Oh, there it is. He's got the Funko for Apollo. Nice. Yep. I think I, I don't have it, but uh, I've been looking for a Chubbs for forever. Uh, you know, I'd love it if, you know, that whole. I wish they would make a pack of the. uh the uh the the deads in the clouds in oh, uh, happy yes. Go- where it's Abraham Lincoln Chubbs and the alligator I'd be all over it <laughs> um but yeah man he's one of those guys it's it's wild to see you know how long his career was how vibrant he was even up until the end with the Mandalorian and how many franchises this guy belonged to it's it's amazing his career and I know uh, you know. If you if you were to put like a you know a Venn diagram or a, a list of like Shane things, I would assume the Rocky franchise, Predator movies, you know, and Adam Sandler movies would be like right there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all up at the top, man. Especially Rocky. You know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah. So th- this one, this one got to me. It did, man, because it, and it made me like. You already know the back of your head. Some of your favorite actors are getting up there, right? And you know it's only a matter of time. But this one, like, I hope it doesn't start like that chain reaction. But, like, it really hit me, man. It's like, yeah, I live with the Rocky series. Like, I've warned people out where they're like, please don't quote Rocky again. Like, I've turned people <laughs> off to the franchise, right? Sure. And Apollo Creed is one of the most iconic and best movie characters of all time. If you were to put a top 50, he'd be in the top 25 as far as, like, movie characters go. In my right. opinion, right? Yeah. And again, uh, it was the first time I remember as a nine-year-old watching Rocky Four. It was the first time, like, I had to look at the TV, like, what the hell? No, like, Apollo can't, like, no, you're not supposed to kill off this guy. Like, yeah, it's like the first traumatic experience watching movies. Because up until that point in our movie lives, what were we watching at that age? Short Circuit, you know, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you got to Neverending Story where everybody's brain yeah, broke. Yeah, that's right. The, kid, the horse, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Animal, whatever. You're comparing an animal to Apollo Creed? Not even close, buddy. I'm just saying the trauma, dude. No, Everybody I know. looks I know. at that picture of that stuck in the mud and you just are like, oh my yeah, God. I know. Yeah. Our, our tra- yeah. So, but it was the first time I was like, 
welled up and I, it just threw me off. And you go with the Predator and, and like I said, Happy Go. Even Arrested Development, he was great in that. Yeah. Fuck. In fact, I saw him in that stupid Gronk FanDuel commercial where he was getting ready for the field goal <laughs> kicking. He yes. was in that like two weeks ago. I know. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, so this one really got to me, man. Like, oh, fuck, I love Carl Weathers. Yeah, oh, so it hit me, man. So rest in peace. To yeah, to what a great career and and, and everything. So I did. I, I want. I should have went into like a Carl Weathers, you know, little movie marathon, and maybe I'll do that this weekend. Yeah, maybe. Right. Like Break out the old Action Jackson DVD, which I own. There you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> you of course go. you do. Yeah. I, of course I do. Yeah. But yeah, just a very iconic, very great actor. One of the best roles, some of the best roles ever in movies, man. So it was sad. Yeah. I, I you know, it, it was so funny because the first thing I think of him, weirdly, even though it's, you know, not his most iconic role. I used to do the predator handshake yeah, everyone, with any yes. dude did. You know, it's like there's certain ones, right? The predator handshake. Uh, I do the Top Gun high five with certain friends where it's the over and then mm-hmm. under. You know, there's certain things that are just iconic in terms of that. But if you want that flex, that flex, those two arms is like unreal. Yes. So I love how they kind of did it online where some people did like, his arm as like force ghost colors kind of thing, like doing it. It, it was touching, you know, right. even though it's so silly and stupid, but it, it's, it's touching. Same thing with, um, you know, the chubs in the, in the clouds thing. It's, you know, yeah. it's now it's for real. And you're like, Oh crap. You know, it kind of yeah. hits you all over again. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I could watch Rocky four right now. That would be like no. almost too much. You know what I mean? I couldn't do it. Can't but, do it. But it's amazing how much for a, a secondary supporting character yeah. that he made so iconic that they changed the franchise. It, like you're able to do all these Creed movies because of the power of Carl Weathers and then pass it down to obviously somebody as good as Michael B. Jordan. So it's impressive how much he was able to do. And yeah, like I will still, every time if we cover the next Mandalorian season, we're going to go Mando every time, yeah. even though he's not there or who knows if he's, I don't know what the heck is up with that franchise. Don't even get me started on the yeah. fact that they're like doing a movie or whatever. Like, Ugh, get get out of here. Know. But yeah, man, I, I know this one's a hard one, but RIP Carl Weathers, one of the, <laughs> one of the greats, man. One of the most amazing careers spanned basically 50 years 50 years you know or more jesus yeah it's great and the guy never looked aged that man no. aged amazingly what did he die i didn't even look i would he assume. didn't say his family did not disclose it yet mm. so there's no official cause of death but you're right the mandalorian he was 70 fucking four when he was you know 73 74 didn't look it no not at all <laughs> and his voice that powerful voice yes. like everything was there he didn't warble you know, he didn't do it. Like, that's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. Uh, he could. Yeah. I don't know. I, it'll just make me more sad if I go back yeah, into yeah. it. But I know. Speaking of sad things, um, next we're going to cover Argyle, which came out this past week to um, not great critical scores on top of the fact that I was actually, I was kind of surprised because this was a dead week and yet it's still only made worldwide $35.3 million on a $200 million budget. Now, granted, it seemed like a lot of people who are in the know knows that this is an Apple movie and knows that it will get there eventually. However, 
the subscriber base of Apple mixed with how long it's taken for Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon to hit their platform, I don't think anybody's like, oh, I'll just wait for Apple TV+. Plus. I think people just literally saw this trailer a billion times and went, nah. So, uh, and obviously the, the bad critical scores didn't help. But for anybody who didn't see this trailer 47 times like I did in all my trips to the theater throughout December and January, this is the latest film from Matthew Vaughn, uh, who we were talking about last week is like almost bulletproof to this point, like very rare misses in terms of his uh, CV. Him, of course, with X-Men First Class, Kick-Ass, the Kingsman franchise, you know, Layer Cake was his first film and he knocked it out of the park right out the gate and he's always been kind of tethered to uh, Guy Ritchie and kind of mm-hmm. learning at the feet of him, uh, tethered with that universe as well. I think he may have been a writer on even as early as Lockstock and yep. maybe even Snatch. So amazing career. Um, and this is his latest starring Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Henry Cavill, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBose, which is clearly Shane's favorite from his ISS <laughs> review last week, <laughs> John Cena, Rob Delaney, and many more. This is written by Jason Fuchs, who did the, uh, the original Wonder Woman film as well. This is about a reclusive author who writes espionage novels about a secret agent and a global spy syndicate who realizes the plot of the new book she's writing starts to mirror real world events in real time. Okay, Shane, I, you and I both were like, we're in for this movie because of Matthew Vaughn's career. Yeah. Which we should, but obviously we're still in the dumpuary period, which is not a good sign though. Again, they had an open weekend and could just absolutely crush it. If they made a good movie and, uh, they didn't, I don't know how you felt. I'm I'm curious. Like so, uh, to me, it's it's weird for a Matthew Vaughn movie to be boring at times and for actually long stretches. And I thought that this movie didn't really kick in until it was too late. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, my thoughts in this movie are just all over the place. To be honest with you, all over the place. Yeah. Sure. Um. I thought the best stuff happened at the beginning of the movie. Like I wanted to oh, see like more Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill stuff. stuff. Sure. Yeah. John Cena with uh, Henry Cavill, I thought was great. I thought the more this movie went along, the more convoluted the plot got. I hate to use the word ridiculous in action films because all action films are ridiculous, but this seemed over the <laughs> Since top. Since the person who saw the beekeeper for the second I know, time. <laughs> but it made the beekeeper seem plausible is what I'm saying. Like <laughs> oh, it come just, on. all right. You know, I don't want to get into spoilers yet, but there's a couple scenes and I'm like, come on, man. Like it got the action got repetitive and boring. It got stale. And I'm a person who loves Sam Rockwell. And I thought he was fine. Probably the best part of this movie. Yeah, he had to kind of do more than he should have had to do because he was carrying it. You're right. It seemed like him and Bryce Dallas Howard didn't belong on screen together. They just didn't seem like a good match as a pair on screen i didn't i didn't buy it i didn't like it especially for how the twists go as the movie went on yeah, it seems a, more and more implausible especially when they need some level of chemistry 
Right. To me, they didn't have any, you know? Yeah. And then the Samuel Jackson, the Brian Cranston character, once they made that turn, I'm like, Ugh, okay. That's where I'm like, there's just so many plot holes in this, in this movie. It was like 30 minutes too long. Like you said, oh, there's long, yeah. there are long stretches where I'm like, oh, come on. Again, the train scene, the Henry Cavill stuff worked in the first 40 minutes of the film. But once they got to London is where it started like just trailing off for me in France, whatever. Yeah. I, I just started caring less and less about it. And um, yeah, it's just you got to pay attention because she goes back and forth between the, uh, the Argyle and the, her book fantasy and then real life. It just sometimes it was kind of hard to follow. Yeah. And it took me out a little bit, especially some of the fight scenes where she was going between Sam Rockwell and Henry Cavill kind of took me out a little bit. It just, when you find out the the final twist, I just, uh, she doesn't, I know it's a movie, but she does not seem fit for that role. Not like fit, fit, but like that role just seems outside of Bryce Dallas Howard's comfort zone. I don't know. Like the whole ice skating, oil skating scene was fucking ridiculous. I like that though. See, I didn't like it. I did like the, the. Smoke the different colored smoke scene because yeah. I like Matthew Vaughn's color palette. Like he, it reminded me of the Kingsmen at the end of the first one, where like the heads were popping up, but you wouldn't see. You see yeah. balloons with like confetti. That playful kind of fun fantasy action scene, right? I like that. But, but again, if they had chemistry, it would have been like epic. C- but correct. it wasn't, and so it was like nice to look at, but it wasn't an an ultimate scene from him, right? So I'll save my other point if you're going to get into some kind of spoiler scene because it would kind of spoil a scene. But I'll let you talk about it. And if you want me to discuss a scene that I'm like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so many twists and things in here. I think we kind of put the finger on the pulse here. I mean, it kind of was just sleepwalking through like a long stretch. Like once it came out of the book, and into reality it was slow and very slow and and it should have been a whiz bang movie especially you know again a guy who used to make similar movies similar style sort of thing is richie in the beginning it could have used a little old school richie don't you think like that pace like pick it up seem a little fish out of water yep then then you gotta pick up the pace you gotta get the the action more zippy it didn't it didn't it like it seemed to have waves of just faceless dudes that no one cared about and even when they tried to add kind of like a sort of like sub-level villains in here it didn't work at all um so i i don't care for any of it and because they had to do see this is my problem right some movies and we talk about this a lot on here i feel like in the last few years um when you're setting up so much for the twist, it derails your movie from getting anywhere. Right. Because they're just waiting to be like, oh, man, it's going to blow your mind when I get to this. And when it took, what, an hour probably to get to the first twist? An hour, yep. Of a movie that's already moving at a glacial pace and is too long already? No. Because you basically just wasted an hour of what are we doing here? A lot of like just scrambling. It's one of those things to where it should have almost had that secondary reveal. The, 
the Samuel L. Jackson portion right. earlier and then worked back. Like it just doesn't it seemed like they just waited until again the best stuff for last. Because I want her to have that crisis for a, a decent portion of this movie, especially if you're gonna keep adding layers to the crisis. So I don't know. For them to to wait that long you know, and I need all these commercials to be like, who is the real Agent Argyle? I right. was going to, that's been a running joke uh, from the Mike, Mike and Oscar guys, so I didn't want to steal their thunder to be like, the real Agent Argyle, Sean, <laughs> Shane Beauregard. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to do that to you, but yeah. And and if you want to get nitpicky too, you know what really killed me? Uh, let me guess, when Sam Rockwell lifted her in the twirly world, which would never happen in real life because he wouldn't be able to put pick her up like that. But no, but clearly he couldn't. Like he's like a string bean. You know, it's yes. not even like Sam Rockwell's a muscular. It's not Henry Cavill or anything. But the Beatles song, and I'm a huge Beatles <sighs> fan, by the way. Everybody, and if you're a big Beatles fan, a you know, like God damn it, Apple. This is Apple being Apple. But the other part of it is. This song is called Now and Then. It literally just came out because it's like kind of like a lost track they've been working right. on for years. How can this be your song? She's been writing books for years, you right. dipshits. This doesn't make any sense. And it just clearly just like reeked of commercialism, like yep. just marketing commercialism like whatever and to do that to my beloved beatles you could fucking die you pieces of shit i was so <laughs> mad uh on top of the fact that things like the cat didn't work At especially because 90 percent of the time it's cgi and yep. clearly cgi so no thanks it never pays off um and yeah, outside of that, like I thought the oil skating and the neon smoke was basically the pinnacle, but it came far too late. And I hated the fact that Ariana DeBose like just doesn't exist, you know, no, for like two scenes, what two hours in between her two she scenes. She had what two but minutes, she, a minute and a half of screen time, two minutes maybe. Yeah, and here's the thing: is they only did that because. I don't know if you've read what Vaughn wanted to do with all this. And obviously you could tell by how it ended and everything else. He thinks this is like a multiple movie franchise. It is not. And, and they, I would be shocked if they do a a follow-up to this. They can't please no more. (laughs) There's no reason. It breaks my heart to say that, but just please, please no more. They had potential. They had it there. There's bones to the story, but they the execution and the slow pace and just everything just yeah didn't work, man. I don't get it. And even like Rockwell and that like signing at the end and all the th- like none of that worked. Yeah. Okay. It's a so, terrible way to end. It is. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm throwing my spoiler scene in here because it just I can't because we'll forget about it and I won't be able to mention it three weeks from now. <laughs> sure. All right. Go so for it. Spoiler warning. Okay. All right. So if you don't want to listen to this fast forward or whatever for 30 seconds, the end scene with Rockwell tied up in the chair and she decides to go for the shot and she yeah. shoots the shot. Right. Oh, the heart thing? Yeah, okay. All right. So technically, he still has a heart, a, a puncture wound through his body, but it's held together by a rag, and he's still running around, kicking ass. Yeah. With a rag in his chest, right? Did I get that right? Like, he still yeah. has an uh-huh. open hole with a paper towel stuffed in there to stop the bleeding. 
Yeah, at best. He's yeah. doing all are we supposed to forget the fact that he has a hole in his chest? Yeah, and they're running around this oil tanker or yeah. whatever, just you know, kicking people's but, ass and yeah, he and he got everything. like destroyed like yes. at the end. A huge <laughs> fight that he was yeah. getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That part just bothered me. I'm like, do we just are supposed to just forget all that? Okay, whatever. But again, also ties to Ariana DeBose, who everyone forgot about and no one cares. Right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Nothing against her. It's just how they pivoted, you know, positioned it in the movie. Excuse me. More Cavill, more John Cena. But again, they can't. Mm. It's it's fiction. No, I know. It's so stupid. Unless it's not. (laughs) And even then, that's uh, the don't don't just don't do it. Don't don't open that door. Don't do anything. Uh, Such a waste of those guys. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, let's put the real action guys in fantasy and take it away. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So, uh, do you want to throw a grade on this thing? Yeah, we have, we have to. We have to. I think again, because nothing was like. Uh, th- honestly, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like lowering it in my head. Quite <laughs> frankly, because it was one of those you're watching it and you're kind of like you're not like pissed, right? A lot. You're just kind of like this is going through the motions and I'm not enjoying it, but like, and then eventually you kind of enjoy it. And then Sam Rockwell does enough to get through. And then maybe some other things I can say that are probably not suitable for microphones off air uh, to you later. But like, (laughs) uh, I don't know at best. Again, this is like a two and a half. I'm right there with you. You know, I think with you to, to put it out there for what the rest of the world is thinking before, before you say anything 34 rotten tomatoes yeah it's getting destroyed but a 70 percent rotten tomato audience score uh two and a half on letterbox 6.1 imdb 36 meta score Woof, destroyed so yeah critics hating it way more than the average people makes sense for this type of movie i'm probably on that letterbox score at mo- at most you know yeah it, I gave it's a it forgettable a- movie it is. I, I so much wanted to get this movie to a three, but uh, like you, nah, I wasn't pissed. I was just it. disappointed. That's the one word. I was disappointed with Matthew Vaughn, so I ended up giving yeah. it a two point five. Yeah, that's it. it's, it's disappointing. It's sad I'm to disappointing say, but that's you, Matthew exactly Vaughn. What it is. And I hope this doesn't, because uh, you know, his eyes were obviously looking to something else. But I, you could clearly see. I think from every estimation that they're just backing out of this. They have you know, to. between Apple and whoever, because they're they're just you can't have this bomb this hard on top of the bombing is probably actually worse than the critical because how many times have we seen ridiculous bad movies get sequels? But if it, yeah. you know, the Meg made what like uh, millions of dollars overseas, this did as much overseas as it did domestically, which yeah. is not good. And like you said at the top, there's no competition for this movie. It was the no. only new release. It was the only new release out. Yeah, I think more people will hate watch Madam Web than they will watch yeah, Argyle again because this I will agree. have no legs no. at all. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Uh, sad <sighs> to say. Um. So, uh, after that little bit, let's uh, let's hopefully I, I'm I'm real riveted to hear what you thought of you watched you animal you watch the entire season <laughs> of mr and mrs smith the new amazon prime show with donald glover and maya erskine obviously they took a, a different tact than the uh brangelina movie from god how old is that movie now 20 years old 
15? Yeah, it came out 2005, I think. Yeah. So this was originally conceived to be... I don't know if she was supposed to star, but it was uh, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge was originally writing this with Donald Glover before it ended up being in this permutation of how it ended up. Uh, I liked the trailer. It seemed fun. I like Maya Erskine. I have no problem with that as being kind of the replacement here for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. What did you think? You caught the whole thing, man. Is it worth me going through it? I think so. And here's what shocked me. This is why I watched the whole thing besides being a psychopath. I uh, (laughs) Honestly, when I queued it up, when I started playing it Friday, I assumed it was one or two episodes at most, right? Right. Because Amazon drops. So I got down with the second episode, and it was like, third one started playing. I'm like, okay. And I checked all the episodes, and they dropped the whole season, folks. I can't believe that. The whole season's out at one time. They never do that. I know. So in two days, I got through this thing. It it was a little uneven. I it had pacing issues and some tonal issues at time, but overall, I would say it's a very solid show. Uh, I thought Glover and Erskine had really good chemistry together. It is funny. It's humorous um, with a lot of action in it. There's a they have great guest stars like John Turturro's in an episode. Parker Posey is in an episode. Two episodes. You got Ron Perlman. Uh, even David Tell has a scene. If those people knew who oh, David yeah. Tell is, yeah, one of my favorite comedians of all yeah, time. And Sarah yeah. Paulson's in an episode, so oh, it okay. has like really good guest spots in here. And the show starts obviously with them getting their positions, meeting and getting to know each other. Then it's like every episode is a different mission they go on. So as the series goes along, you can see their their dynamics start to unravel. Oh, Paul Dano's in this too, by the way. He's, oh wow, uh, plays the neighbor. So great cast. So you can see like them starting to break away from each other and starting to have like little issues like married people would normally have. Right. So as the season progresses, their problems get worse and worse and worse. And if you've seen the movie, you kind of know how they start going at each other. But in between that, outside of the Sarah Paulson episode, which I found very boring and unnecessary, I wish they would have just dropped that episode from the series. Right. I, I I had fun with it, man. Them going on their little different missions, and they met another Mr. and Mrs. Smith couple, which comes into play later on in the show. I thought Donald Glover was great. He kind of plays, I don't want to say dimwit's the wrong word, but he's definitely uh, the one that's going to make the mistakes on the missions, okay. other than Maya Erskine. She was a stronger character in this show, and they kind of like, that's one of the problems they have as the show kind of goes along. Right. That's one of his issues. She thinks he's a dum-dum. You know, right. You know? Yeah. So it was funny. They had a great, great dynamic together. And again, the action scenes are really good. At first, you don't buy Erskine as an action person, but midway through, you're like, okay, it, it's believable. So I had a great time with this series. A little uneven, so you're gonna have to forgive one or two episodes. And the humor is mixed in very, very good here. I had a good time. I wasn't bored. It's a very, is it perfect? No, but it's a very solid, well produced show. Uh, with a lot of action. So they do leave it on a freaking cliffhanger, so they better have a season two is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Amazon is weird in terms of what they do, but this took a long time to develop. Uh, I think they want to keep in the Donald Glover business. I would hope it's doing well. I would hope so. And the only thing I didn't like is you're not going to get any information about the company you know, is what they call it. They work yeah. for the company. 
they don't divulge any information about the company. We don't know who's pulling the strings. We don't meet any handlers. Unlike the movies, you get to see their hand. None of that. So right. we don't. All that's still a mystery to this point. And the company starts pitting them against each other. To be honest with you, so it's that's fun. But again, we don't get to see that part of the show, which I was hoping they would get more into. But right. they don't. But they don't. So now this conceit is different from the movie, right? So yeah. isn't it where? So in the movie, they didn't know they were both spies or what have you, and then it develops over a time and then obviously they end up going against each other or going at each other or whatever this one isn't it like from the beginning their relationship is that they were put together right yes so this is a little bit different than the the movie tag and obviously like you said there's no larger enterprise in the picture just yet uh so any kind of you know, disagreements or battling is like more knowing because they're in on the the mission together. Right, right. You're right. They're they're put together because they interview separate and they don't know who they're being paired with. So like she's there first and he comes in. So it's like they really do have to get to know each other from like scratch, right? So it's like a buddy cop movie? Kind of. Like she doesn't know who he, his background, he doesn't know her background as far as like what agency she came from or what. You know, so they they have to like a real married couple, a real person going on a date. They have to like figure out and make it work. So right, and they all have like their issues. Like she's OCD, she has trust issues, and then he's a mama's like stuff that a regular couple would go through, which I sure. really liked. Right. So and you could there's a therapy episode in this one, which again my least favorite, but that's where like a lot of the marriage kid stuff you see come up. You're like, oh yeah, you're right. You do this, you know, and sure, it, it was fun. It, it was just a fun show. Okay. I mean, just that cast alone, you've piqued yeah. my interest. So, you know, and for eight hours, you know, John Turturro was great. Yeah. Ron Perlman was good, but Turturro's character was great. and It was, it was good. Yeah. I haven't seen Turturro, what, since the Batman? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Since the Batman. Yeah. So and I haven't seen Ron Perlman in a while. Well, he was in a uh, poker face. Mm. And even oh, then that was small right. though. It's small, right. but still there. Well, um, when's the last time you've seen David Tell in anything besides Pootie Tang? Yeah, exactly. Um, he was in the uh, what's her face? Uh, Amy Schumer's uh, oh, movie yeah, there, right. where yep. like everybody, every comedian was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think right. that was the last time he was in. But he, still, for him to be in something that isn't tied to another comedian, because like Donald Glover is more of a He's an actor now. Like, yeah. he started as a comedian, and I'm sure there's some residual thing, and everybody loves David Tell if you came up doing comedy around that time. But, you know, that's a poll. That's a poll. It's it been, is. It's been a minute. So Glover's great. Glover is stands out in this show. Yeah. No, it's great. It's good to hear. Because I, I never watched Atlanta. I know I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. I never got in there. It, again, we've always talked about this where if it's like a show that's been out multiple seasons and you didn't start with it. It's hard. And now, to, yeah. and now it just ended, I think. So like maybe now's the time to like binge the whole thing. Maybe. Right. Um, but yeah, I just never I never got there. But good job, man. That's a, that's a lot to watch. A lot, you know, a lot of time on you. And I'm glad I'm, you went pretty deep there. So now I can get into it and, and with an open eye and kind of know uh, what I'm in for. 
but yeah, man, let's get to uh, our top five here. We kind of did the, we submitted our top fives to the big company, me, yeah. uh, and then and then we put our uh, point system together, you know, rerouted the encryptions, did all the IT technical jargon uh, to spit out this top five list. What did you, you kind of made a mention to me uh, of observations when you were kind of looking at the action movies of this year, you know, because we got a pretty solid Five, but even then, yeah, we do. It could be better, and it has been better in recent years. Like we got spoiled last year with the heavy hitters of Mission Impossible and John Wick in the same year. Oh yeah, not so, this summer, folks. And multiple MCU movies, good or bad, but at least something to look forward to at the time. And then you know, obviously, Guardians was the best of that. So you even got that. So that's three solid ones I could think of off the top of my head. Let alone what other action stuff we like throughout the year this one we are kind of like grasping a little like a lot of action comedies like a lot of genre blends not just straight up like here's gerard butler's you know in a plane you know going to town and beating people up you know it's not that (laughs) hey it's 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 solid we had fun with that we had we had fun with that one um but so let's get into the list because you mentioned well but yeah you mentioned something to me where you were just like i don't know summer might be summer is what i said yeah week summer week summer but do you think like the year as a whole looks intriguing to you like as in the past few years i mean the covet times is covet times but even still we got like stuff like tenant during the covet times too i know i you know no i'm not the whole year doesn't look like I'm. Yeah, it is what it is this year, man. I just got to truck through it. It's just I'm not unless the movie comes out of nowhere and blows me away, like like Badlands or something like that. Like I don't know. Maybe there's something we're missing that's going to yeah. come out and change my perspective. But uh, it's a lot of ho hums, like you said, and there's a lot of unknowns, right? Yeah. There's um, like the crow. I, like, should I be excited about them remaking one of the best films I've seen in my, my teenage years? You know, right. like, I don't know. Like, there's just unknowns. There's properties that look promising, but again, we don't know. So I don't know. And then hey. there's franchises, <sighs> like you said, like Bad Boys 4. I, I don't want to see it. I'm not going to, I don't want to see it. I, there's some movies I just don't like. Why? Like, why? But anyway, yeah. I don't want to carry on with that. Yeah. yeah. Let's make the best of a lackluster action list. And we do have a solid five, like you said, and two good honorable mentions. Cause we cheat like that. Exactly. <laughs> well, we'll do, we'll save the honorable mentions for yes, the end. For like, yeah. So let's start with number five, Shane. This is your universe. So I'll kind of give you the floor a little bit, but this is one that was on both our lists uh, that made it. This is Bowerina. This is in the John Wick universe. So at least we get, something there i don't know how much interaction or where we are in the timeline with this because we haven't gotten to see like a full explanation of the story but what what are you into with this iteration besides the fact that it's the yummy on a Armas? besides that um yeah timeline i read this this takes place between john wick two and three is okay. what they said so just think about that when you're watching this movie Honestly, I like her. I liked her in, uh, you know, the great, yeah, everything she's been in. So, and the fact that it's a spinoff of even uh, ghosted, uh, 
even ghosted. Oh shit, you got me. You got me. <laughs> you got me. Okay. Yeah. See, I forgot about that movie. I, yeah. Anyway, it, the fact that we're getting a, a true John Wick spinoff, unlike the show Continental, this fits in the timeline of, of John Wick. We're going to get a Keanu Reeves cameo of some sort in here. I think she carries action really well. And I do want to see that world of uh, the uh, that Angelica Houston. I believe that was the head of the, right? In the John Wick movie, she was the head of the that company, the ballerina. She was one watching uh, ballerina. Yeah, like his, his original yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to see, I do. I'm curious to see where they go with that section of the John Wick world. And if we get a movie half as good as what we've seen in John Wick, I'd be I'd be happy, man. I think she Ar- Arma will do a great job with the with the lead role, and uh, she carries action really well. And I'm just excited that we get to see something from this world. Yeah, I mean, at least in terms of like continuity, you do right. get some cameos, like you mentioned. Uh, plus, Shay Hatton, who was yeah. the writer of the last couple uh, John Wick movies, he'll be writing this one as well. Uh, but again, you're not getting, you know, the same director piece. You're not getting as much Keanu, if like barely any Keanu, I would imagine in this universe, they're going to set it up for, for it being an odd Diarmas vehicle. You get Norman Reedus in here as like a yep. nice little extra character. That's not part of the, the original main cast or any of the previous movies. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, they basically just list it as. Kind of a again another kind of revenge piece here. A young female assassin seeking revenge against the people who killed her family. Isn't that ninety action movies? Yeah. So like they're keeping it very minimal right now. Yep. They're not giving a lot. So let's see what we what we get as it gets closer to the timeline. That I guess is going to be coming out in the summer. They're looking for a June seventh uh, release date. So let's hope. Let's hope that sticks, and hopefully we get a little more of a meteor trailer uh, in this <laughs> one uh, coming out. Probably, hopefully, I don't know. You think that might be a Super Bowl trailer? Probably too small, right? Too small. Yeah. But who knows? You never know. But again, this is uh, directed by Len Wiseman, who did the Underworld movies. So at least the action in those movies, though I don't love them as movie movies too much, but the action... Does a good job. So hopefully uh, that continues in there. Let's get to number four, Shane. This, I believe, is all you. Uh, This was your number one. uh, But, you know, between the point system, it lands here at number four. Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. I know uh, that (laughs) I was listening to another pod where they basically did the uh, Zoolander thing for Godzilla where it's like, Godzilla's so hot right now. But he is. He's so hot right now. The problem is he's hot on the Japanese side. So will this continue? I'm just saying. He's uh, you know, Godzilla minus one was incredible. So it might be enough of a residual that might get me to watch this movie. But as I told you, when I saw that trailer, I was not impressed. I think I need to see a little bit more, understand a little bit more before I get in there. But so, so what did it for you? What, why is this your most anticipated movie of, of any action, uh, action genre? How dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> what, I need more more. Do you need, what more do you need to see? You got two freaking, you got, you got two gorillas and a, and a lizard fighting each other. Like Godzilla and Kong teaming up. That's all I need to see. That's all. 
<laughs> so I need to see. I, I loved, guess. first of all, like I loved Skull Island. I went back and rewatched uh, Godzilla 2014. I uh, got a better appreciation off of that. I And I love the hokey, let's get them all together in Battle Royale. I love King of the Monsters. I love Godzilla versus Kong. Right. So for them to finally team up and take out this other villain, you know, I don't know what you call it, monkey, gorilla, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm all set for. Like, I just, I, I love it, man. It gets my juices flowing. I don't care what the stupid human story of this is, unlike Minus One, where I liked the story of that one. I was about to say, that's what's killing me, is that we went I, I from, love, like, this is the best version. This is how we should be kind of playing this. And then now we're well, just going to go back to well, Yeah, but when you got, like, Kaiju, I'll put it in the Pacific. But when you got Kaiju fighting each other, monster, you know, like, all everything else kind of fades away. Like, you whatever. Just get yeah. out of the way and let them go. You know, I guess Kong's yeah. got an infinity gauntlet on his hand. It seems like <laughs> Godzilla's got he's bursting out pink radiation rays, gamma, whatever it whatever. I, I'm all for it, man. This gets my juices flowing. I'm pumped up, gets my pants. In fact, I might go see this pantless in the movie theater. Yeah, I mean, they're literally just making it almost direct in terms of the sequel because they're putting it as them unraveling their intertwined origins and connection to Skull Island's mysteries. So it is definitely something to where they're making you kind of, you know, do a little homework. You can't just, I'm sure they're not going to make it too complicated. No. But they're, you know, probably going to make it to where it's beneficial if you at least saw Skull Island. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to do any homework, just go watch Skull Island. It'll fill the gaps with the uh, underworld and all the hollow earth and all that kind of stuff. If you've never seen any, you don't need to go see King of the Monsters and all that jazz. Like Andrew said, just go see Skull Island. Uh, watch Monarch because that does fill in the gaps. A lot Which, of by the way, Mister Shane, you never finished your review. So, how did that oh, wrap up? Did you man. love it? I, I enjoyed it. Okay, uh, Godzilla has a couple impromptu. appearances, right? I know Godzilla has a couple of appearances in it, but the the Kurt Russell storyline I liked. It got a little much towards the end, but overall, I thought they did a good job. Again, explaining the origin of Monarch, what's keeping it going. Why is Kurt Russell, like, for an old man, looks like he is now? I, I like Wyatt Russell playing his younger self. I thought the cast was good. The only problem is it could have been six episodes instead of the, I think it was ten. It could have been six. There's a oh, lot wow. of filling episodes in here. Like, all right, can we, I found myself kind of fast-forwarding some of those character story arcs because I just didn't care about them. So it was it was uneven, but I overall, I gave it a solid you know, a solid grade because of kind of the mythos they added to this whole Godzilla world we're living in now. You know, it's all a right. bunch of nerds and scientists running around trying to figure out what's happening. So if you're expecting it to be a bunch of monster fights, you're not going to get it in this at all, really, except right. for one or two scenes. So don't go in looking for that. It's a slower paced but enjoyable show to watch. So if you're a fan of that universe, watch Monarch. I give it a passing grade. If I had to rate the series, I'd give it a three and uh, lean it towards more of a three and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah. Which again, uh, it 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 mm, it gives me a little pause because you were jazzed. I was about this show, especially like early the first few episodes. Uh, yes. It was one of those shows that you were kind of like mad in a way that it kind of like bridged over the new year. So you're like, I don't know, this would have ended up on a list or something, and now I feel like you've kind of batted that down. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. So, 
that would be interesting. But at least you got your fill worth of scientists and humans and now yes. could be like, screw all them. I'm just going to watch <laughs> two massive titans of the kaiju you know, universe and just bash around some things for a while. Absolutely. Rock'em, sock'em, robots. Let's go. Exactly. All right. So number three here is my version of yours. Although I would think you're, you'd be really into this. This is Richard Linkletter's latest yeah. film, Hitman, uh, which is going to be on Netflix. This got picked up after going through the festival circuit and uh, was pushed uh, into 2024, even though it was in the 2023 film festival circuit. This stars Glenn Powell and Adria, uh, Adria Arjona, right? We'll go From, with it, yeah. Yeah. You, you know her. Yep. She's been in uh, quite a few franchisee stuff, uh, and including uh, some, some Netflix ones. I know she was in Six Underground, so she's no stranger to Netflix there as well. And she's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And the trailer for this looks fun. It's supposed to be more like in the action comedy vein, you know, and obviously you can't get much hotter than some this couple unless you're Sydney Sweeney joining him right. as well as he already has. But I love the I love the plot here. A professor moonlighting as a hitman of sorts for his city police department descends into dangerous, dubious territory when he finds himself attracted to a woman who enlisted his services. Basically, from what it seems in maybe some larger plot stuff and some of the uh, stuff in the trailer. He essentially like poses as a hitman for the police department. So like so they can kind of like entrap these people who hire hitman services. But then when one actually like intrigues him and he kind of like falls for the woman kind of a thing, then he actually wants to do this, even though he doesn't have the actual <laughs> full on skills of a hitman. So this should be fun. Uh, at least of anything, and it's getting great reviews out of uh, the film festivals. So, and so, twofold, right? This is an action comedy in like these, you know, more hoity-toity prestigious festivals that are looking more for the next Oscar winner. And yet, Hitman was like a hit amongst all those, you know, the the staunchest of critics, you know. Uh, and they it right now has a. An 82 Metascore. Oh, wow. Okay. For an action comedy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So I'm hoping, uh, I don't think they put an official release date. I think this is going to be summer. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for this one. Yeah, uh, real quick, I won't go into it, but uh, this w almost made my list, right? Because like, I like the cast. I love the director. So, but honestly, I, the only reason why I did not put this on there because honestly i didn't watch a trailer for it yet so i read okay. what it was about i saw the cast but until i see something visually to get me like kind of sink that hook in a little further yeah i just blanked on looking at the trailer man but it was on my initial chopping block and it just hit the editing floor as they say sure yeah no i i, I definitely recommend the trailer it's a lot of fun and very steamy and uh, all that too so you get Ooh. you get all the goods man all so right. Love it, the steamy. It's, it's a lot of fun um so i'm really looking forward to that that's probably right now without any kind of like other oscar -y stuff coming up at the end of the year or something like that right now hitman seems like my most intriguing most uh you know 
anticipated Netflix film for 2024. And this is a person who covers it all the time. So, right. you know, that has a lot of possibilities. I'm sorry to uh, Beverly Hills Cop or any of these uh. other ones that uh, I'm saying okay to, but not looking forward to as much. Um, but number two gets us back into familiar territory. We are getting back to Guy Ritchie, as he was mentioned earlier in this podcast. The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, um, with some familiar names, as we spoke of before. Um, in fact, I feel like this movie feels altogether uh, familiar. Oh, yeah. you know, if, if you would say that, uh, you know, because we have Henry Cavill. As we mentioned before, this is kind. Of, they pitch it as a war drama, but did you watch the trailer? I did. It, it seems times. very cheeky. Very cheeky. It? Yes. So, like almost in a if Guy Ritchie tried doing Inglorious Bastards kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, a little exactly bit of that. What it is because again, like I said, we ha- your boy Alan Richson and Henry Cavill in the same movie, which yeah. is bananas. Uh, Good on him. I know. God. Uh, Carrie Ellis, Johnny Depp, uh, Henry Golding. So many people of note in this movie. Uh, and of course, like I said, Guy Ritchie on a script that he didn't write. So I'm going to be interested to see. And not even like a co-written thing. This is just straight up adaptation period for him. But yeah, it's the British military recruits a small group of highly skilled soldiers to strike against Nazi forces behind enemy lines during World War II. Yeah, it kind of seems also kind of, you know, speaking of Matthew Vaughn, it's a little kins- Kingsman-y too. So, you know, so is where do you put this? Because, I mean, we put this very high because we both uh, were looking forward to it. Uh, this is, like I said, our number two. I think it was what, my number three. Right. So th- where does this sit for Like, wh- what are you intrigued about? The whole concept. We get an Inglorious Bastard story, but it happens in real life. It actually happened to an yeah. extent, right? Right. And this gets back to, to Guy Ritchie. He's on a roll, right? It seems like he's taking a step back from, like, the straight linear movies that he's done recently outside of The Gentleman, which is more his cup of tea. But no, well, but this seems hold like... Hold on there, Shane. I would say he's in every other territory. Would you not? Yeah. Because yeah. Covenant we liked, but Operation Fortune we did not. The Correct. Gentleman we liked. We liked. But then he was on, uh, I'm trying to remember what was right before it, but he was kind of on a on a backslide post. Uh, what do you do right after Sherlock Holmes? Because I liked those, but I felt there was a movie in between that I was like. Well, I'm not going to mention the King Arthur movie he made, but um, Mulan, I think. Was a miss? Uh, no. Wait, oh was no, it? he did a Ala- uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. Yes, yeah, Aladdin. Which, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that was right. that was a grab. But no, this seems like old school guy Richie. The fun, the cheekiness. Uh, Henry Cavill looks like he's having a good time with his character. Yeah, I, I like that scene where he's like, ha, ha, you know, he laughs with, yeah. the, and he just pulls out that badass gun. And he's like mows him down. Yeah, you get Alan Richardson, like good on him for getting a role in a Guy Ritchie film coming off of. Re- I think that's we're a good that. match. Oh it my is. god. Perfect match, right? Uh, so, yeah, this movie has all the Guy Ritchie elements for me, and I love him when he's in that bag, so I'm hoping the trailer doesn't misdirect it. Plus, you have Henry Goulding in here, right? Yeah. he. I like him, too. A great cast. So, yeah. between the cast and, and the cheekiness, and I hope it has a lot of fun, and the action, we know it's going to be good. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for this movie, man. And 
can we just like Carrie Elways is in this too, which <laughs> he's in everything uh, lately. Like the resurrection of Carrie Elways. I didn't realize how much stuff he's been in, but good, good on him, man. Like I'm like, no one's talking about him. Dead Reckoning, Guy Ritchie films. I'm like, he's put Stranger Things. He's putting it in. He even got that weird cameo in Rebel Moon. Yeah. Exactly. So he's so. in like almost every action project, it feels like. But I'll tell you, and this is very stupid, um, but I am. Um, the show Psych is one of my favorite like, yeah, He's a great character, great recurring that, character in that yeah, show. He had a, he had a what, a trilogy in yeah. there? Yep. Two or three of where he played in a, a high-end art thief that was yes. like kind of like Bondish or whatever. And I loved it. And it was, was great. Ap- and it made me feel like that guy can do a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, and he and, has. And here he is doing his multiple. second one, right? But he's not in that like kind of like upper echelon, like smooth, cheeky. He's always been kind of like more of the deceiver or like the yes. you know a director of something that's not trustworthy or something. Right. I would love to see him get a little more meat, but it's probably yeah. not going to happen when you're standing next to the two meatiest guys of all time. <laughs> In Henry Cavill and Alan Richardson. So. Right, no, but no, this movie is right up there for me. And uh, going back to when we talked about Ballerina, I think because this movie comes out in March, if I'm not mistaken, this is the movie I think we'll see a full Ballerina trailer in, is sitting here watching this movie. That's oh, my prediction. sure. Which, yeah. that's the end of March, so, right? Oh, the end of March. Okay, I thought it was beginning of March some sometime. I think uh, I have it up. You're probably right. Oh, no, no. Uh, this one's April 19th. April. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I thought I saw March. Okay. My no, bad. End of March was, um, I think, Godzilla. So, okay. Yes, you're right yeah. on that. Okay. Which, so maybe we get it in Godzilla, but uh, you're right. For sure, we are going to get it by this point. Yeah. Okay. You're think. right. I, I flipped the okay. I flipped the release dates on those. Yeah. Um. But yeah, still, between. so we're going to get a lot of these movies that we're anticipating, I don't know, in the next few months. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like a dead second half, especially because we're not mentioning the words Dune 2, which right. um, which is not our number one, everybody, sorry, or honorable <laughs> mention. But, you know, that movie is going to be big IMAX action-y spectacle, too, obviously leaning more on sci-fi and everything else. So we kind of, like, straight away. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting that I think the second half, I, I don't know of anything that I'm, like, looking forward to in the action genre that much because even some stuff I'll, I'll mention in the honorable mentions one of them is coming up in the first half although the other one might be a second half so we'll we'll right. talk about it but we'll get to number one now man uh deadpool 3 yeah. which uh you know for the only mcu movie of 2024 it should be an intriguing one and i think everybody just screw the plot Everybody kind of wants to see just the bromance of Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And we're going old school. They show him in the old school uniform uh, as far as like the the classic yellow and blue uh, back for for the Wolverine costume. A little potential X-Force stuff going on. So very comic book nerdy as well as like movie nerdy and kind of buddy buddy adventure thing too a little bit. I, I can't wait for it. Even though, like, I thought Deadpool two was good, not great. I I still am very much looking forward to this. Oh, how can you not? How can you not? I know. Like, this is one of the movies where, like, you want to talk about the multiverse? Okay, let's go. Because I know yeah. they're gonna have fun with it. They're gonna 
make they're gonna make fun of the multiverse you know what yes. i mean it's gonna be yeah so they're gonna handle it the proper way and like you said it's one of these movies and we've seen this with other marvel movies like you get these snippets in the internet like oh this person's gonna be in it this character's gonna be in it. they're bringing this one back from way back in the x-men movies right Whatever's right and wrong, I'm all for it. They can bring back whoever the hell they want to bring back in this series. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be great. Like you said, I liked part two. I did. But it's a, not as good as part one, obviously. But I thought the second one was, was solid as well. I love this character, even though I wasn't a Deadpool comic fan at all. But the way Ryan Reynolds, obviously, it's his dream project. And you can tell because he puts everything into this character. And he makes it work, and he makes Deadpool likable. Yeah, I think this movie is going to be one hell of a good time. I really do. I think it's going to be balls to the wall, action and funny. And I think we're going to get that bromance. I think the chemistry is going to be great. I, I I can't like in the words of Bar Scott, can't wait. <laughs> and and speaking of bromance, it, it also continues the Canadian bromance matchup of Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy too. Yeah. Uh, after, after doing um something guy free uh, free guy free You're right. guy yeah. yeah so after free guy uh then pairing up again uh you know plus you know it brings back certain characters not a whole lot from the Deadpool universe or at least that's been announced Marina Baccarin uh is back you know from Fri- Firefly and all those like the love interest there um you get Jennifer Garner playing Electra I know that's kind of been out there yeah. A couple of, uh, you know... Um, X-23, they are talking about bringing um, the Magneto character back with both versions of the Magnetos are supposedly in there. James McAvoy, Professor X. I mean, and, Lee uh, Shriver's Wolverine is in here. I mean, like... And they're adding some of our favorite uh, TV actors yeah. and actresses, too. Emma Corrin's in here. Matthew McFadden from uh, Succession uh, is here as well. So... A lot of fun, man. Like Rob Delaney is back, uh, which I like that one um, for part two. So, right. yeah. Who's the director that just came out and predicted this is going to set the MCU back on his proper course? There was some big time director who just came out. Yeah, was it Nolan? No. No, but it was someone almost of that elk was like. Right, yeah. It's going to put the MCU straight. It's going to kind of straighten out the mess that it's in. Yeah, so is I did this the movie that. I where they? Could... Ki- yeah, no. Is this the movie where they kill the multiverse and get it over with and just put it back on track? I hope so. Yeah, I mean it's tough, right? Because all the other MCU stuff is so much in the air. Because I don't know. I mean, obviously Jonathan Majors isn't coming back, but is Kang officially done? Are they going to wait now because they're punting all these other movies and TV shows and whatever? Are they just going to do? a hard reset after this in 2025 and kind of ramp up into more X-Men and more Fantastic Four and just kind of go from there, make Doom the overriding guy and kind of kick Kang to the curb because they can. Um, I hope so, quite frankly, but I also saw, you know, potential Kang recasting rumors. So, you know, I don't don't know what they want to (laughs) do and I don't even know what I really want. And, and based on our review for Argyle, it was uh, it was Matthew Vaughn who said uh, it would. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. why, because he's in the uh, in the press circuit. So there they it will goes. save the MCU. There you go, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, you know, it's Sean Levy. So he yeah. I don't know. I, I want to. So two things hold me back from completely wrapping my arms around it. Right. A, we're now in the MCU. 
we're not in the you know the previous Deadpool right. era. Uh, so let's see because these are the same people who are like, oh man, Echo's gonna be so awesome. TVMA, let's do all this, yeah. and then it was like, uh, okay. Uh, so now are we gonna get full on Deadpool? What are right. we? What version of Deadpool are we getting? They already screwed up Daredevil. How much can you trust? the MCU brain trust to bring in Deadpool into the fold. So that concerns me. And then Sean Levy is not full on a Deadpool kind of guy because he kind of leans into safer projects considering like Free Guy. I think he may have done the Adam Project too with uh, Ryan Reynolds. So yeah, I don't know. That is the only thing that gives me pause. I agree there. I with the whole and um, yeah, the whole uh, how far they're going to push the Deadpool envelope. I, I I agree with that. So we are getting the trailer during the Super Bowl. They already announced that, and this movie comes out in July. I, I'm pretty okay. sure, right? Um, yes, my uh, prediction end is of July. I think. Yeah, too. my prediction is this is going to be the highest grossing film of 2024. I could buy that. The only thing that I would say, and this is very silly, maybe, but it's very accurate, um, is that. It's rated R, so yep. a lot of rated R movies are hard to make the most money. However, because it's the only comic book or the only MCU comic book movie coming out, um, that might be true. However, there are a bunch of animated kids movies that might blow this shit out of the water. I, and that's I hear the you. only thing that's holding me uh, back. And I don't think it's going to be something like Dune 2 or any of these nope. other Sony uh, Marvel movies or anything that's going to come close to this I, either. So. Honestly, the other movie that came to my mind, I'm still going on record, so bookmark this episode, Deadpool 3 be the highest grossing movie of the year. The only kids film I thought might come close to this, uh, coincidentally, is another Ryan Reynolds film, and that's If. I, I really think Despicable think, Me. Uh, uh, four. Yeah. yeah. They always make a truckload they of money. They do, but I think If is going to do really well in the box office. Hey, man, if they do something like the Gentle Minions for Deadpool 3, maybe you have a chance uh, to, to get uh, an extra bit of bump there. Uh, we'll see. But, yeah, uh, it's tough. I'd have to look at the list of, like, kind of the, the big ticket movies of the year. But, I, yeah, I see Deadpool making more than, like, you know, the Planet of the Apes movie, which I think is, what, either July 4th or Memorial Day, yeah. one of the big holidays. Memorial Day, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, there's no like big temple thing that I'm just like, yeah, it's gonna. There's something that's gonna rival it. Uh, not off the top of my head, anyway. Maybe um, Wicked, because I know a lot of theater fans will run out to go see Wicked. I don't know though. I mean, that's a particular audience. Yeah, but that might catch fire with family, and and again, that that demographic might just come out in droves. Who knows? Yeah, I don't see Wicked having like a Barbie moment, but I think right. it will make money. But I just don't know. Because there's such a big chasm between like, oh, here's a big successful musical a la, say, Color Purple, which made good money, but not great money. And then there's, you know, other big, you know, like musicals are tough. tough. Musicals are tough to make a lot of money, you know, Uh, so that that'll be interesting. But you're right. I mean, Wizard of Oz, everybody knows kind of the story that's been out forever. Um, but then again, we also had cats. Yeah, I know. Oh, so, so yeah. you never know. Uh, I don't think they're going to screw it up like that. Uh, I believe it's the, uh, director from crazy rich Asians doing yeah, that one. Is. And they're already setting up for multiple movies. So 
let's go, I guess. Um, honorable mentions out there. Fall Guy, which is coming up, I think. Did they push that back? It was originally like a March thing and then got pushed back, or is it still in March? It's still in March. Okay. So that one I just think looks fun. Yeah, exactly. You know, I know it was on your list and it was on mine, but that doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, Ryan Gosling, you know, still, you know, tacking it on. I love uh, Emily Blunt. So yeah. the, the pairing is good. Yeah, and it just looks looks fun. Looks fun. Looks, That's exactly it. Yeah. Looks fun. And Fish Ryan out Riddle, of water action is always good. Ryan Reynolds to Ryan Gosling. He has that great comedic timing, like in the uh, the Nice Guys. So I think yeah. we're gonna get a blend of him doing action with that comedic timing, and he does it well. So yeah, and, I'm all for it. like you said, entertaining and fun. That's what I want. Yeah, I'm fresh off of Ken too. So he's got yeah. he's you know Mo dipped into Mendo. that. Yep. Yeah, and even Gray Man, he kind of had to be a little sly. So you know, it it all goes together. Another great movie. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, you broke up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other honorable mention we have on this list is Gladiator 2, which that one, I don't uh, know if that one's dated, but if I had to November. guess. It's November, I believe. Okay. So then, you know, that's the only one that might be like more of a prestige action movie, uh, mm-hmm. leaning on more of obviously the original. But yeah, it's it's Paul Mescal uh, being more of the lead here, uh, being... Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the the young child from the the first movie that it's supposed to be his story, his rise. Um, yeah, you know, <sighs> Commodus's sister's kid yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, which by the way, she is also in the film as well. She is. So, um, so at least you're going to see some familiar face. Uh, but obviously, most everybody from the first Gladiator movie is dead for good reason. Uh, for many reasons. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it just because. Why not? Ridley right. Scott, you know, bringing it back. The first Gladiator is one of my favorite. It's an all-timer for me. Right. So, you know, I'm at least intrigued. I need to see a trailer before I'm all the way bought in. But as far as, like, you know, sequels go, as far as, like, amazing directors go, especially in this genre, I will at least be. I've never been, like... I haven't been fully disappointed in Ridley Scott lately. Uh, lately, no. Um, but he's like, not bulletproof by any stretch. No, but, no, no. But no, he at least makes like, commercially viable, good I, movies. I just, and again, my interest is a little peaked with this movie. But I have two. Well, my biggest red flags. I have two red flags. One is when mo- when a sequel comes out to a movie, and there's plenty of examples of this, especially recently. Of a movie that's been out, they're doing a sequel to a movie that the original came out 15 or more years late earlier. It doesn't do well at all. Like no, they just don't do not. well, right? Yeah. And I remember everyone, including myself, was so pumped up when really Scott got behind the cameras yet again for another alien installation. And what do we get? We got Prometheus. So uh I will those are my, my I Kind of like Prometheus, <laughs> so I will, uh, you know, back Those off of that one. Are, like, it, Prometheus was not terrible, but I was so hyped to see that movie. And I'm like, this is what we're doing? Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. cool, man. All right. Um, yeah, and then even Alien Covenant up. got worse, right. I thought, and, yeah. and from there. So, so uh, those are my two uh, red flags, especially, again, the sequel coming out 20 years after the original. Like, really, I can't think of one that did it well 
Yeah, I mean, if you're talking keeping in the same circle, you know, the Blade Runner sequel uh, was at least like that gorgeous. Was probably to look a at. better example, right? But you look at yeah. the Dumb and Dumber they tried to do with the original oh, cast, right? Yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah, and just they don't usually hit, man. They can't ca- or coming to America too. You know, like they just can't hit that. They yeah. Just, yeah, they just can't hit it. So. Well, the difference is they're not trying to bring Russell Crowe's bloated body Correct. back Correct. in either. So I, I'm ex- it's it's kind of a not a retelling, but just a follow up. Yeah, follow you know? up. Yeah. So it it, Again. it doesn't have it, which could mean like, did the first one succeed because it's Russell Crowe's magnetism, especially we'll at that time of his career where he was just like completely amazing and bulletproof, or is it? Ridley Scott knows this type of story well enough right. that he's going to make a good enough movie. I'm hoping it's the latter. I think it's like, again, my interest is peaked. I'm going to go see it. I, I, I especially got excited when Denzel was attached to this project. Cause yeah. I want to see how big of a role he has. He appears well, Ridley Scott. So I, I'm a little trepidatious heading into this, but uh, nonetheless, I, I am looking forward to it to an extent. Yeah. Um, and it's Lucius, by the way, is the, yes. the name of the child. Damn it. Yes, yeah. I knew that. But the thing with me, I guess, as far as any source of optimism and everybody has their own mileage on it, is if you want proof of concept that this end stage Ridley Scott can handle it is look at Napoleon in the Last Duel. And if, yeah. you, and if you had any kind of mileage out of those movies... Let's bring back the world he already knows in another thing, and let's see if he can combine the efforts. I think yeah, I, I think it'll at least be entertaining. So it's a low bar, but I think you know it'll be something. And yeah. I like Paul Mescal, and it, it's all about the script. It's yep. all about do I give a shit or do I, you know, because we didn't know Maximus when you know it's not like they really pulled this out of history. We knew this story, so I think. I think it could work, but again, script, script, yep. script. Yeah, so, so trailer will be helpful, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll get that. Probably, you know, if you're if you're saying November, well, November. Well, yeah. uh, so when we're gonna probably be in the throes of some of these like action movies of the summer, we'll get the trailer for Gladiator Two. I would yep. imagine. So, yep. all right. Great job by you. This is a great list. I am looking forward to at least these ones. The it's not a deep field this year, like we were saying, but you know these ones maybe not Godzilla. We'll see. Uh, but <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll hope for the best with all these films that we mentioned. Um, and yeah, go out there and check out Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Tell Shane whether he is uh, on or off base on that one as well. We know we're correct with Argyle. That's unassailable. Yes. Cause, uh, yeah, it's, it's all over the board, but yeah. So great job by you, everybody come back next week. You know, we'll have obviously more on table, although it's a week, week, uh, week offerings in terms of the weekend, but I would imagine I will at least try to watch, uh, what do you say? Lisa, Lisa Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So the new Diablo Cody is out there. Um, and I might catch up finally with the zone of interest, which is still running in my area and up for best picture this year. So we'll have a, a, a smorgasbord, uh, uh, an array, uh, a charcuterie, a potpourri. Uh, yeah, a potpourri. There you go. Whatever, uh, you decide to eat or smell, we will have <laughs> it for you next week. Do the right thing. Subscribe, uh, tell a friend, 
Give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to us. Uh, go and follow us at Recent Act Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and we'll see you next week for more recent activity.